0: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. A big shout out to our listeners in Penrith, in Melbourne, at Bondi Junction, and in Brisbane, who must all be very excited about the NRL and NRLW Grand Finals this week. Also a big shout out to the best friend of the podcast, Owen. In this episode, we're going to turn our gaze to the strengths and weaknesses of both the Penrith Panthers and Melbourne Storm ahead of the big one this Sunday, as well as analysing the NRLW matchup. We'll be giving out the the above-the-horizontal awards for the prelims and speculating about who will be in the 2021 NRL Grand Final. To do all that, we've assembled our full roster of Kieran Gibson and Miles Steadman. It's lovely to have you both on board for this episode. First things first, though, let's talk about our bold predictions from last episode. And I can proudly say that I completely clunked out with mine. I I said that Jack Whiten will break more tackles than he misses. Uh, And Jack Whiten... uh, did a bit of a Harold Holt and went completely missing. Uh, made made one made one tackle you die, break. Mate.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you know, jury's out on that one. There's nothing confirmed, so um, true, true. <laughs> Mr. Holt could be around somewhere. Um, made one tackle break. He missed four. That's a that's a big strikeout for me. Miles, you said that a player who was not playing for their current team last year would score a match-winning try. Um, I'm not sure you could say that anybody from the Storm scored a match-winning try. So how'd you go with that one?
1: Well, yeah, you ca- you can't really say that anyone from the Panthers scored a match-winning try either. Even though the game was separated by just one try, it, there there was nothing you could really classify as a, as a, a try which won the game. The, there were certainly a few Rabbitos capable of it in the last 10 minutes of the game, but it was uh, unfortunately... a. Uh, a miss for me and, and a miss for the Rabbitohs as well.
0: I I would have paid it if Dylan Edwards was from another club, uh, but he's a Panthers junior. And I, I, mm. I would have probably called that a match-winning try uh, yeah, in the situation of that game. I thought that was a bit of a death knell, although it almost wasn't. Uh, Kieran, you had that Brian Pappenhausen from the Melbourne Storm will run for the most metres of any fullback this weekend, and he may just have...
2: Um, um, well, we were just talking about Dylan Edwards, and he unfortunately was the man that uh, made my bowl prediction come undone. He ran for, I think, 189 metres, and Pappenhausen ran for the second most of any fullback with 165, so came second by 24 metres and uh, yeah, lost me my last prediction of the, the season.
0: Oh, I tell you what, those 20-odd metres. Meters probably came from that match-winning try uh, on the back of Isaiah yeah. uh line break. An impressive try at that. Let's uh, change up the run sheet a little bit. And thank you for typing this one out for us, Kieran. We're going to deep dive into one of the teams that are contesting the NRL Grand Final this Sunday the Melbourne Storm, uh, the legendary club really nowadays. That's coming into the competition in 1998, making a grand final in, their, in just their second year and winning it. Uh, they've gone through pretty much a, a, a period of sustained dominance, some of which was helped by some dodgy accounting uh, in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, but everything since that penalty has also been... A1 quality from the Storm. So, let's talk about what their biggest strength is and what their weakness might be. Uh, To start us off, might go to you, Miles. What do you have as the Storm's biggest strength? What is going to get them over the line this week?
1: Well, I I hate to kind of speak nebulously about a team like this, but I, I think the Storm's biggest strength or pro is obviously the fact that they have... All the experience in the world in this position, from obviously from the NRL to state of origin and internationals as well. There's hardly a situation out there that their players haven't faced. Uh, you also know that the team is probably highly aware of Cameron Smith's situation, and that um, I guess maybe some of them are even privy to knowledge which we are not in terms of his uh, career beyond this year, and that may give them maybe just the extra shove they need is a known, respected leader in that locker room, So, and how could he not be? Uh, they're also coming off a quite a statement win, too, to, to speak to the competition a bit more, taking down probably the third most impressive team from this season, which was, uh, of course, the Raiders, and, and doing it in sublime fashion. They left no questions that they are the... I would say even <laughs> despite the 17-win streak from the Panthers, they're probably the form team going into this week. So that's, for me... What the Storm's biggest strengths are So to sort of recap there That would be their experience And their probably slightly better football of the past few weeks
0: Kieran, you and I were both at the game. Uh, ironically enough, we still haven't met in person, but, but we were both we were both lucky enough to sneak in uh, before the floodgates opened, as it were. Um, both literally outside with the ticket tech situation, but also the floodgates that happened on the field. Um, just a blitz of tries from the storm. What do you see as as their strength going into this week?
2: I've also got the uh, their big game experience with, uh, as Miles said, a multitude of rep players. Um, I counted nine players from their current squad played in the 2017 Grand Final, and those that didn't are in scintillating form, um, and that is in large due to their attacking strengths and playing as a solid and fluid attacking unit. Another huge mm-hmm. asset building off the strength of their attacking game is their to go hand-in-hand hand with their attacking game is their running game. They have freakish flyers that I've spoken about also, a multitude of times on the podcast in Pappenhausen, Olam, and Adokar that can cover the length of the field in a little over 10 seconds. And if they're supporting each other's runs, I just think Dylan Edwards will need to read when to intercept or go for the tackle with absolute perfection on Sunday night. Um, yeah, just their, their attacking game and their experience, I think that that's really going to, to tell in the, the latter ends of this game. I think... I think you both touched on what I was
0: going to say, which was the experience, uh, particularly of you know the greatest coach of the modern era, or at least in that conversation, and one of the greatest players of all time and Cameron Smith. I like what you point out, Miles, about his likely retirement, let's just say, likely, uh, could be an extra boost for them as well. I, I also like what you say here and about the left side there, and I think in terms of in terms of zones that they are going to attack, it pretty much has to be that left side. It was very interesting uh, to talk about the Panthers just briefly that that Ivan Cleary made the decision to drop Brent Naden to the bench and eventually not use him at all uh, to put Tyrone May in that right center because he's been fearful, I would say, of the amount of defensive lapses from Brent Naden not just throughout the season, he's obviously a very good attacking centre, but he, he, he struggles at times in defence, and the Roosters exploited that a few times in, in, the, uh, in the qualifying final, and in week one of the finals. So, the strength of the Storm's left edge, Kenny Bromwich, Pappenhausen, Munster... Olam, who has a fantastic story on NRL.com about how he came from a village in Papua New Guinea and always wanted to play for the Storm because of Marcus Bai, and th- this is him wanting to do his village proud, and, jo- and Josh Adokar, who had a tremendous game against the Raiders. Uh, that is a definite strength for the Storm. Let's talk about their weaknesses. Where can, where can they lose this game? Uh, I might go to you first, Miles. What do you see as as the biggest weakness for the Storm?
1: Well, look, their uh, their biggest weaknesses, I'd say, unfortunately, are where they lack behind the Panthers on the field. And I think, as as great as their offense is, which Kieran touched on a bit, and particularly their left edge, it's I think it's questionable whether holistically, whether it, whether or not it's better than the Panthers, who I think are a, a bit stronger in terms of uh, uh, balance and also probably kicking game, uh, you've got to say that Cleary is by far the best uh, boot of the ball in the game um, with very few even close seconds. So I think it's it's questionable certainly whether or not their offense is better or not than the Panthers. And in my opinion, their defense certainly isn't. Uh, it does get shown up occasionally. Uh, Olam, as good as he's been, is still very green in that position. And uh, they also lost to Penrith the one time they've played this year. So I, I think, while y- you want to keep regular season results in their scope of what they are, it's uh, it is telling that the Panthers, even as early on as that game was played, were ready to beat or play and beat the Storm. And uh, I think also, as well as it has been performing, uh, the Storm's starting lineup probably quite isn't as strong as the Panthers from one through to thirteen. So. Basically everything on the field, <laughs> the uh, the storm aren't quite as strong as the Panthers. They may uh, be uh, close to, but uh, I don't think quite as strong. So they they they'll certainly need to do a lot of winning it uh, in the coaching box and between the ears, if you you know what I mean.
0: So you don't you don't see any particular weaknesses per se. It's it's more just not as strong as the opposition this week.
1: Yeah, that's it. There, I, I wouldn't say there is a, a weakness to the Storm lineup, but there's uh, even even less to be picked at with the Panthers.
0: Big call, Kieran. Uh, what do
2: you make of any
0: potential weaknesses
2: for the Storm? I've kind of gone the flip of Miles. And, well, whilst we both agree that there's not particularly a, a weakness for the Storm, I believe that the Storm are, are just that little bit better than the Panthers, and I. Um, Due to this, my inability to find a con kind of foreshadows my prediction. But I was watching, as you said, that that, uh, Storm Raiders game on Friday night. Uh, I almost said Thursday, Um, but Friday night. And just the way that um, the Storm obliterated the Raiders early on with their energy and intensity, I I didn't know that they had that in them. Um, They started slow against the Eels in week one of the finals, And that worried me quite a lot. That's why I changed my prediction to the the Panthers initially. Uh, But now I I think I'd have to be back on the Storm. Very interesting indeed.
0: I, I think I have found a slight chink in their armor. And it's probably through not much fault of the players involved. But I just think the right edge... Of the storm in defence could be a little bit vulnerable come Sunday evening. You have got Jerome Hughes, a very very good player in good form. Um, you got Brenko Lee, uh, new to the club, uh, not a not a noted big game player to be his first grand final, and Suliasi Vunivalu, who is not a noted defender at all, uh, trying to shut down the attacking threats of Jerome Luai, who was. Absolutely incredible at times against the Rabbitohs. Got the returning and fresh Viliyama Kikau. Uh, The maybe a little bit disappointing Stephen Crichton in the preliminary final, but an attacking threat nonetheless, and Josh Mansour. So that's four very, very strong attacking players. Throw Dylan Edwards in there as well, coming out the back. Up against Hughes, Brinko Lee, and Vunavalu. I can see that being a big part of Island Cleary's game plan this week. And if the storm are to prevail, they're going to have to cover those cracks significantly. Let's go to the above the horizontal awards. And I spoke briefly about the preliminary finals there. Uh, Miles, what did you think was the best match of the round?
1: Well, as much as I enjoyed seeing the Raiders destroyed by the storm, uh, (laughs) I I thought the best game was the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Uh, uh, admittedly, I don't like the Rabbitohs either, actually, but they certainly showed, uh, I think, what they've been famous for the past few weeks, which is stick to it and, and never giving up. And They pushed the Panthers all the way to the end in a, a spirited effort that I, I think would have Rabbitohs fans not only content with the year that they've seen from their team, especially given how it started, uh, but also positive about next year, despite the fact that they've, of course, now missed out on the grand final by just one game for the third successive year.
0: Yeah, it, it appears it doesn't matter who the coach is for them, whether it's uh, whether it's a guy that can lead a club to uh, a wooden spoon or one of the greatest uh, coaches of all time. Uh, the Rapidos seem to get it done and I, I do agree they, they, they should be at least a top six team next year again and then who knows from there. I've got the MVP award this week. I have gone with the aforementioned Jerome Hughes. Uh, others in the Melbourne Storm side may have had more impressive stats, but I thought he was super impressive on two fronts. One, his early blitz completely rattled the Raiders, setting the Storm on their way, uh, taking the line on, good kicking game. But then two, once the significant advantage was theirs, his game management really came out, which is something that you don't, it's not usually synonymous with Jerome Hughes. Uh, but he often kicked into space and into corners making it hard for the Raiders to get into good ball at all and uh, the amount of times that I noticed the Raiders were kicking from inside their own 40 at the end of a 5 tackle set after a Jerome Hughes kick into the corner was, uh, was a few more times than I have fingers on one hand so I would say Jerome Hughes was the MVP Kieran, you have the Unsung Hero Award this week who is your pick?
2: I've gone two-pronged. I've gone for Dylan Edwards and Isaiah Yeo, Um, and Edwards was out of favor with Penrith before the 2019 season, Um, and then when Ivan Cleary came back on board, he exploded into superb form ahead of the grand final next Sunday. Uh, Both Yeo and Edwards were huge for Penrith last night with their charging runs, and Edwards continuously beating the first and often the second chaser on kick returns. Yo was all-class, and the two combined when he made a break with Ed- Edwards in support to ice the game.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a big moment, that, and uh, I think it pretty much sealed Isaiah Yeo's uh, spot in the New South Wales squad of 27 coming up. Let's jump into the wildcard awards. We get one each of these. I'll start us off. I'll start with the Maxwell Smart Award for missing it by that much. And it goes to Adam Reynolds. Imagine being able to pull out a 40-20 on tap, just like that, after poor service down a narrow side, under that much pressure to perform, down by four with a couple of minutes left in your season against the team that has only lost one game for the whole time, only to have just planted your foot on the 40-meter line, thus negating the 40-20. Goodness me, so close. So Adam Reynolds is the winner of the Maxwell Smart Award for missing it by that much. Miles, what is your wildcard award this week?
1: Well, I, I must admit, uh, even though I was cheering on the Panthers in this one, night, I started laughing manically like like Heath Ledger's Joker when I thought he'd hit that one. Um, <laughs> oh. I do love some chaos at the end of games. So I, uh, but it was it was called back, of course, which is you know, I think disappointing. But um. Alas, uh, for my wildcard award, and you're going to have to stay with me for the uninitiated here, I'm handing out the Griffey Award and I'm giving it to the Cleary boys. Uh, There have been plenty of, obviously, second-generation footy players and, and athletes in general around the world, but there have, I think, been few instances, if any, that I can find where two generations of the same family have contributed as much as these two have to the same team. Uh, the, the closest in any sport that I can remember is the the namesake of the award, and that's uh, when uh, Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. two baseball players were were teammates uh, on the Seattle Mariners in the early 1990s, despite being father and son and about 20 years in age difference. Uh, but even that was not this. This is um, this is quite literally the two most important people in this Panthers organization, uh, and I think it's uh, it, it's quite incredible, really. I mean. Take these two out of the club. Just where are they at?
0: I think it's blatant Martin Lang erasure from the last, <laughs> the last, the last time uh, it happened. I think uh, where a father and son played in a grand final as you know as coach and and son as a player um, was in the Panthers in 2003 with John Lane being the coach and Martin Lane being the player but it is probably fair to say that Martin Lane less integral to the Panthers than current era Nathan Cleary good call I love the award Kieran what is your wildcard award this week
2: Um, well we've kind of already heard it it's the the same moment just with a a different title for the award I've got the the North Queensland Cowboys award for the cruelest of false starts which goes to Adam Reynolds and the Rapid Oaks (laughs) (laughs) with four minutes to go Adam Reynolds snaps a kick about 15 metres in from touch on an acute angle but nothing too difficult for arguably the best kicker in the game it goes out inside Penrith's 20 and the team visibly lifts about what they thought was a 40-20 Except it wasn't. Braith and Astor believed it was a superb play, waxing lyrical about the 40-20, <laughs> only, only for Warren Smith, not a former player, explaining over the top of former player Anasta the correct rules and that Adam Reynolds had placed his foot on the line. This therefore ruled out the Hail Mary 40-20 that was three years in the making of another GF for the Bunnies, <laughs> with this their third prelim exit. Could they have gone on and won? Had the 40-20 attempt been successful? Possibly, but it is all ifs, buts, and maybes. It reminds me of the North Queensland Cowboys in the 2015 GF when they thought Thurston had nailed the sideline conversion to send them to the promised land. Instead, extra time followed, however. Thankfully for the Cowboys, it ended very differently for them than the Rabbitohs.
0: Eventually, but who knows? Maybe the Rabbitohs will be in the grand final in 2021, but uh, let's see if any of us predict that later in the episode. Thank you very much for that, gentlemen. Let's dive into the Panthers now, very much the same way as we did with the Storm, talking about their strengths and their weaknesses. And I might start with you again, please, Miles. What do you see as the Panthers' biggest strength coming into this grand final?
1: (laughs) Well, I guess their biggest strength is that they're the best team in the league, and they have been all year. Um, obviously, they've got this 17-game winning streak going, which I think this week equals that Bulldogs team from about 15 years ago. Mm. Um, they have, obviously, plenty of big-game experience, which I think that people don't quite link to this team, given its youth, um, but they they're certainly they certainly do have it. Obviously, James Tamo their captain, and Cleary, uh, their, their star player, who has played State of Origin, and although it's not quite as much as the Storm, it still is there. Um, their their offense, as I said, just as good as the Storms, probably, if not a little better, and, and their defense far better. And, uh, of course, the, the stronger starting lineup than the Storm. Um, they're not without sentiment on their side, too, in terms of uh, James Tamo departing the club at the end of this year. So uh, they've got plenty to play for, and I think they've certainly got the weaponry in which to, to win it.
0: I agree with that Kieran, what do you say?
2: Uh, I've got kind of pretty similar to what Miles said. I've got two of the biggest pros for the Panthers are that despite their age, they play like an experienced side. Minus Luai's kick when he should have passed last night, he was superb in opting Mm -hmm. for the right play at the right time. A deft dummy and then double-pump pass to his outside men setting Mansoor away on a run last night oozed absolute class. And Mm -hmm. he really went to another level last night. I do believe Panthers can also match the storm and their energy early on. Both sides seem to have some to be some of the fittest in the competition, and this will be crucial throughout. Yeah, the way I see it, and
0: the Panthers are a club that have uh, aren't really synonymous with success. You know, they've been in the comp since nineteen sixty-seven. Their first grand final was in nineteen ninety. They lost that. They uh, they they won their first grand final in nineteen ninety-one. And then in 2003, and so this would make it only their fourth grand final appearance if if memory serves in their history. But two of those were successes. So, and this is also, uh, by the way, the third time they've had the minor premiership as we've spoken about. And their third attempt to maybe turn that into a premiership victory I think, despite the fact that they don't have a culture of success in first grade, they have a huge culture of success in the lower grades uh, and in the junior grades, particularly in recent years. So this is a young team. As you guys say, they do have some big game experience, but they also have no scars. There's no there's no big losses that have that that have caused them to feel like losing is an option. Like Losing almost isn't an option for these guys. They just win. They just, they, they just find a way to win, as proven by this entire season, where I continued to think that they were going to lose at some point, and they just never did. And it's arguably the best season from any team in the NRL era. Statistically, you'd say it probably is. Uh, that is their big strength, I think, is that despite the massive pressure that the Roosters piled on them and the Rabideaus, They've come away with two victories, which should put them in pretty good stead against the storm. So I, w- I would say the lack of scars is their is their biggest strength this week. Let's talk about some weaknesses though. Miles, you're pretty quick to jump onto some weaknesses generally, but it sounds to me like <laughs> it sounds to me like uh, you're going to have some trouble this time around. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I love how you framed me there, always there with the salt shaker when uh, <laughs> someone's wound is apparent. But um, no, look, it's, <laughs> it is is true. Um, it, it is hard to find uh, weaknesses this week for the Panthers. But look, I, I'd say that, um, and I foreshadowed this earlier, but where the Storm are coming off a number of big results, uh, a big comeback against the, the Eels and of course the massive win over the Raiders, the Panthers aren't. Um, they, of course, they have squeaked past both their roosters and rabbitohs uh, opponents in this final series, and of course, it's uh, you can almost say it's neither here nor there in terms of how they win it, and that you know they don't draw pictures of it and everything. But it is somewhat of a a, uh, a foreshadowing kind of form that these two teams are taking into the grand final. Um, they they certainly showed certainly showed class in both games, that's for sure. Um, but they've yeah they've not been the two. The, the most convincing of the two teams going into this one. So, uh, and they've also, I think they've conceded the first try in the past few games as well, which is um, be interesting to see how they uh, ease themselves into the grand final against uh, maybe the, the king of the opening score in the, the Melbourne Storm.
0: And the Masters are playing from the front, no less, the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Kieran, right. what, Kieran, what do you think is this Panthers' biggest weakness? Uh,
2: Exactly what you guys just said. I've got slow starts for the Panthers the last couple of weeks worrying me a little. Whilst they did dominate the first half from an overall perspective last night, they cannot afford to start the first 10 minutes the way they did against the Storm. Um, And other than that, I've possibly got players being too selfish and wanting to be the hero could count against them. Um, Stephen Crichton last night in particular really should have helped ice the game. Mm. And maybe this was the night he needed to perform Um, at his best next Sunday. So he needed to get that out of the way. Um, But if he does perform like that again, it could cost Benrith. And that's where I think I land um, in terms of,
0: yes, they're a super, super talented roster, but there's also a lot of players there that have just been clicking at exactly the same time. You know, Crichton, Kickout, Luai, Edwards. A lot of these guys are quite young. They're inexperienced in big games but they have clicked at the right time, which has sent them through against basically every team this year at some point. But can the lack of experience, I did mention that the strength of theirs was the lack of scars, but will the lack of experience hurt them if they don't get off to that strong start? We know that the storm will start well, generally speaking, and we know they play extremely well from the front as, as per uh, Cameron Smith demands. So, if it becomes a dogfight or if they start poorly against the Storm, do they have the big game experience to play with the patience that is required to pick apart the Storm and their weaknesses and the very few weaknesses they have and eventually prevail? And I I like, Kieran, that you mentioned earlier that Jerome Luai should have thrown that pass to the two unmarked players on his Mm -hmm. inside instead of kicking uh, it yeah. was it was a bizarre play uh, and that sort of thing against the Storm, that could be costly. So uh, that would be the perceived weakness, but I'll, we'll come to tips for that game in a moment. Before we get to that, let's talk about a, a, a future tip um, for next season and hopefully we'll come back to it uh, at the end of next year. Of the 14 teams not playing in the grand final this weekend... Who is most likely to make the grand final next year and why? So, Kieran, you might be able to start us off with this one. Who have you got making next year's grand final?
2: I've gone with the Rabbitohs, um, with the nucleus of their side still very strong and Jai Arrow joining them for the 2021 season, along with, uh, I'm not going to do his name any justice, but Kamanu, a highly rated youngster joining their ranks from next year. And then the additional re-signings of Cam Murray, Latrell Mitchell, and Alex Johnston. And the fact that they have one of the best coaches in the competition, I believe they are well-positioned to potentially make the 2021 Grand Final. That does not mean I recommend going out and getting a, a premature South Sydney 2021 Premier's tattoo, but I do like the Bunnies' chances. I just love their halves combination. They are so silky smooth and have so many points in them, with Adam Reynolds usually turning four points into six Add to that their forward pack being bolstered and unearthed some gems this season, with the likes of Kola, Matangi, sirinen and even Sua having a resurgent year. I really do believe the pain of three preliminary exits can push them on and cause them to go one step further next year. Yeah, a good a good call. Uh, I also
0: like the call of not rushing out to buy the tattoo. Instead, uh, just go <laughs> and get the go and get the jersey. You'll fit in anywhere uh, with the Rabbitohs jersey on. <laughs> as we've found in world sport. (laughs) Miles, who do you have making next year's grand final?
1: Well, I also very nearly chose the Rabbitohs, but I've Mm. I've decided to go with the Raiders for this one. Uh, I think despite the question marks over their hooker, which um, I think we're actually going to touch on in the off-season at some point, uh, Mm. I think the Raiders will be every chance to make the grand final again next year in what is hopefully an uninterrupted season. Uh, Not only will their halves combination Build on its first year together But I, I think some of their young forwards Will also come back a year better A year more polished And they'll be with, probably in the conversation As uh, the best pack in the league If not uh, undisputably The best pack in the league yeah, There's certainly also no question um, they, were, they were disappointing against the Storm But uh, I think I'm prepared to put that down To more of a, a rare misstep Rather than a genuine question About their toughness I I think that when it comes to big games, they are certainly capable of winning them. We obviously saw them beat the Roosters uh, last week and and nearly beat the Roosters in the grand final the year prior. So I think they're absolutely ready to win the big games. I I think their entire team just about will be better. So I think the Raiders will be uh, poised to to go big next year if you want to buy some Raiders stock.
0: Do you um do you see say obviously you see them as a good chance of making the grand final? Do you see Josh Hodgson being the hooker in that scenario?
1: <laughs> well, uh, as I said, uh, we we might touch on. Uh, well, uh, let's let's peel the curtain back a bit here. I I have teased to you guys a, a potential interesting discussion for the off season about whether they stick with Starling or, or Hodgson, and I'm not entirely sure I've made my mind up just yet, but. I think they should stick with Starling.
0: That is a that is a big one. That's that's like saying, fuck off Cameron Smith, we'll have Harry <laughs> Grant. You know what I mean? Like uh yeah. but you know, there is some there is some virtue to that as well. I can I can totally see that. And I do agree with you that the storm loss on Friday night, 30 to 10, I don't think that was a real true indication of the Raiders either. They were blown off the park very early. Yeah. Um, but the next hour or so, the Storm sort of slipped into second gear. But the ten, the 10 points was a lot the Raiders' fault, to be honest, as well, because they had a lot of chances they couldn't convert. So uh, I, I do agree that it's a bit more of a flash in the pan than an actual concern. I maybe have a bit of a boring pick for mine, uh, but I'm going to go with the Roosters. I just... I just don't, I don't think we've seen the end of their dominance or at least their time as a force in the competition. They have rep experience right across the park. They've got Victor Radley coming back into the fold uh, who adds a tremendous amount of skill and toughness into that middle there. Um, and I just think, you know, realistically, with the roster they have, can you see a roster that has guys like Tedesco, Tupo and the kind of form he was in. Joseph Manu, Luke Keary, Warrior Hargreaves, Friend, Takaewhu, Cordner, Crichton, Radley. Can you see those guys? Can you see those guys in the top four? I can. And if they're in the top four, they are every chance of being in a grand final next year. So I'm going to go for the Roosters. Again, as I said, maybe a bit of a, a basic bitch kind of choice, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Let's talk about the big grand final, guys. Grand final of 2020. The first-placed Penrith Panthers, as I said, playing in, I believe, their fourth grand final Uh Looking for their third premiership up against the Storm, who have been in umpteen grand finals in their short history. Looking for, I can't even remember how many premierships they've got because uh, I can't keep track of which ones they've had taken off them or not. So uh, it's <laughs> going to be a very interesting one and a tale of two different stories. For mine, the Panthers, they have a bit of a fairy tale element to this. They've got the uh, the Cleary partnership, as 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 you touched on earlier, Miles with your uh, Griffey Award. Mm-hmm. They've got, and this young team, this young team of people that just love each other, uh, love playing for each other. You see them bundle someone into touch and then eight blokes start jumping on each other uh, in celebration. (laughs) Uh, It's the kind of thing that you can really get around, but the Storm have their own fairy tale as well. It is likely that this is Cameron Smith's last game ever. And if that were the case, would this be the perfect send-off for one of the most perfect rugby players we've ever seen, Kieran, I'd like to get your thoughts on what's going to happen with the Panthers and the Storm. Like, do you have, do you have a tip for me? Do you have who you think might be the Clive Churchill Medal winner? Um, just give me, give me whatever you've got. What do you got for me?
2: Um, well, I consulted with Anasta before um, this game has kicked <laughs> off, and he's. <laughs> He's informed me that both teams cannot win, and so therefore I've had to throw out everything I've said the last few weeks, having named both of these sides as the major premiership winners. So I'm going to go with the Storm to cruel the Panthers and their incredible run. Whilst I don't believe the Panthers gave the best account of themselves on Saturday night, and they do have another gear or two, I just can't go past the irrepressible form of the Storm. And for Clive Churchill, a medalist, I've got Cameron Smith orchestrating what will, in my opinion, be Melbourne's finest premiership in a clash for the ages. Wow. That's, you know, like
0: a couple of weeks ago, that seemed like a crazy prediction to me. Well, not crazy, but like tipping against the Panthers, it doesn't seem right. Miles, are you joining Kieran down the Melbourne storm path or are you sticking strong with the Panthers?
1: Look, I I don't feel great about it, Bo, And I, I know earlier in the season, I... I said the Panthers, but look, I think the combination of what I thought then uh, with the results that we've seen since I made that prediction, to me, I think it's worth about a three-point swing. So, I'm actually now going to change my tip and I'm going to go the Storm by two.
0: Wow. So, and who's who's going to be the Clive Churchill medalist?
1: Well, I, I would have probably sit on the fence with this one um, like here and has been the past few weeks with the his premiership winner but um, if you're forcing me to choose it's it's hard not to say Cameron Smith and, um, he's he's obviously never won the honor the the Clive Churchill so smart money might be on maybe someone like Cameron Munster who also has a proven record of uh, performing on the biggest stage but uh, I would say Cameron Smith that said however last year we did see, a, uh, a player from the losing team win it so it could very easily be nathan cleary uh jumping out in this category or or, or someone else like episode corusau but uh look uh, i think if the storm are going to win it this year i think cameron smith is going to need to win the clive churchill medal
0: And and let's be honest if if the storm do win it the, the people that pick this award are human beings. They understand narratives. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not sure that Billy Slater was the best player on the field, uh, but he, like, you know, in State of Origin series or, or whatever, but he's won those awards in the past. Um, Cameron Smith's retiring. If, if the Storm asks to win, he's going to have an 8 out of 10 game minimum. Um so yeah, he's a very good chance if the Storm do win. I have got the Panthers winning though. I I do think that the Panthers' left edge is going to completely give the Storm some headaches. I think the Panthers, if they are going to win it, it has to be by more than six points. I can't see them. I can't see them winning a close game against the the Storm. So I've got the Panthers by about eight or ten points, and I'm going to go with the basic answer here for Churchill. I I think. Nathan Cleary, I, he has to be the most dominant person on the field. The big point of difference, as, as you mentioned earlier, Miles, Cleary has got one of the best boots in the competition. If it's not Reynolds, it's Cleary. And and when I say Reynolds, I mean of course Josh Reynolds from the Tigers. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I, I I mean Nathan Cleary, of course. And uh, the big point of difference between these two teams is that for a kicking game. Yes, Hughes was really good last week. Munster has that left foot, and so does Cameron Smith. But Cleary is that point of difference. And, and what he needs to do is get those big storm forwards of Jesse Bromwich and Nelson Sofa so Solomona turning around on those fourth tackles and kicking into space and kicking over the heads of the guys like Pappenhausen and and Karr and trying to take some of that sting out of their kick returns. Uh, And I think Cleary is the man to do it. So I think that's where the Panthers are going to win this game. And I think he will be the player of the match. Let's turn our attention to the NRLW just briefly. So round three just finished up. Congratulations to Miles again being able to tip that the Dragons would lose, uh, losing to the Warriors, uh, uh, to make it a three-loss season. the Dragons, which is something that pretty much no one would have predicted at the start of the NRLW. Uh, The third round, they were crueled by injuries to Isabel Kelly and Kezi Apps, but they still had enough class there to at least win one game, I would have thought. So very interesting that the Dragons had such a poor year. Teams that did not have a poor year, though, were Broncos, who beat the Roosters on Saturday, are undefeated heading into the grand final against the Roosters. They beat the Roosters Quite convincingly, uh, but it is worth noting that both teams have a couple of inclusions that will be coming into the side in all likelihood at the time of recording at Sunday night. So we don't know the team lists for either of the grand finals coming up. But it'd be fair to say that the Roosters, particularly in their forward pack, will have a bit more strength coming back into their side. So I don't think that the result, which was the easy Broncos win in round three will necessarily be a good form indicator for the grand final. My tip is going to be the Broncos, though. I, I do think that they will get the job done. And I have Tamika Upton as the player of the match. She At fullback, she has been really tremendous. And the Roosters will have probably have Charlotte Kaslick at fullback. Uh, so you can expect her to have a big game. And I think Upton is going to go one better. Kieran, are you going to stay with the Broncos after tipping them last week to have some sort of Queensland loyalty in this fixture?
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, I am. I'll, I'll go with the Broncos. and I actually watched a little bit of the uh, Roosters-Broncos game on Saturday, and uh, I was quite impressed with Tamika Upton. I, I agree. I think that she'll probably be, if not the best, close to the best on ground. And, Miles,
0: are you going to stick solid with the Roosters? Last week was just a false dawn, and, and they'll get the job
1: done. Oh, you bet I am. And um, I, I think I'm... <laughs> I can already see it now. The, the Roosters fans calling for the, the non-sequitur three pete uh, of uh, the men in in 1819 and the women in 20
0: <laughs> oh that's 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 a good point that's a good point um, I could actually see that happening as well and and look two really quality teams so uh, a couple of really tantalizing fixtures to look forward to uh, this Sunday and, and good luck to all four teams I, I think what what perfect way I mean obviously we have state of origin coming up after the season but What perfect way to finish a bizarre season than to have a couple of fixtures that absolutely live up to what has come before it in the last few weeks. Guys, it's time for our bold predictions. I'm going to start us off. I think the lead in the NRL men's game, I think the lead will change hands five times throughout the contest. Wow. So I think the Storm will score first and then it'll go Panther storm Panther storm Panthers, and then eventually the <laughs> Panthers will run away with it. Uh, but even if the Storm win, I want it to be known that my tip is five changes of the lead throughout the game. So a bit of a back-and-forth affair for the first hour or so would be my prediction. Miles, what is your bold prediction for this week?
1: Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've, I've kind of, as the finals have set in, I've, I've sort of tried to at least raise my bowl prediction uh, from regular season-level bowl prediction to finals bowl prediction. So I'm going for a big grand final-level bowl prediction here. Uh, okay. And, you know, you guys know me. I've I've always been one to sort of think outside the box and try and push the limits of thinking about sport and try not to conform to what the easiest opinion is. And uh, I know people hate Cameron Smith. I don't hate him. Um, but to me, he has always seemed like... The type to uh, maybe even buck the storm trend, and uh, m- maybe be keen to make sure he is recognised when recognition is due. And obviously, he's been a fantastic team player, fantastic captain for that team for for years now. But he does enjoy being uh, letting the town know when he has done well. So, uh, so to speak. Uh, so, I think that uh, when he is on the podium. On Sunday, accepting his Clive Churchill medal, whether he's a winner or a loser, but more likely that for sure if he's a winner, I think Cameron Smith will further attempt to, to hijack the moment for himself. And I think he will announce his retirement then and there on the podium in front of the country. Does this,
0: does this, I, I like this prediction a lot. Does this, so even if they lose, you predict that he will announce his retirement?
1: Yes, look, I, I think it's certainly a more likely happening if they win, but look, if if they lose and he still announces his retirement on the podium, I'm uh, I'm taking gold here, gents. Taking it
0: to the <laughs> bank, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so far, both of our predictions would make for a very entertaining Sunday evening. <laughs> what is your bowl prediction?
2: Um, well, mine's uh, quite convoluted, so I think it'll be entertaining, um, and
1: it's um, <laughs> unlike so ch- you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to make it too statistical, but in the end, I did anyway. I've got I've got Nathan Cleary with the most kicking meters come the end of the game. Pappenhausen the most running meters, and James Fisher Harris will be the best on ground forward on ground. Sorry, however, the Storm will win by six points or less. How are
0: we going f- How are we gonna qualify Fisher Harris as best on ground for the forwards?
1: Ah. Uh. Um, Le- maybe leading vote getter in the Clive Churchill.
0: Is that? I, I don't know if that'll really. I don't even know if we'll be able to tell that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: most most run meters, I guess. Like for tell. forwards. <laughs> yeah. We could, we could,
0: if you want to get really statistical, <laughs> if you want to get really statistical, Kieran, we could come up with some sort of algorithm that proves oh. that he's that his run Good. meters plus his tackles minus his tackle efficiency or whatever, proves that he was right. the most industrious forward. We could do that. I might I might just scrap it. <laughs> <to be laughs>
2: <honest. laughs>
0: Alright, so we've got Nathan Cleary with most kick meters. We've got Ryan Pappenhausen with most run meters of any player on the field.
2: Yep, yep. And the Storm,
0: uh, the Storm will win by six points or less as well. Okay, and a nice, close win for the Storm, which I think Miles is also predicting. Well, you're right. that Those three bold predictions would make for some very entertaining viewing. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure doing this episode with you, as well as all the other episodes that we've done. I'm sure that we'll do a, a recap after the, the grand final of the NRL and of the NRLW. Um, I guess it's time to choose a team to go for, so I'm going to say go the Broncos.
2: Go <laughs> the Storm. Go the
1: Storm.
0: Ah, uh, you guys are boring. Okay. Go <laughs> Gabe. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Your regular panellists are Miles Stedman and Kieran Gibson. Our theme song is Tough Nut by Ryan Cross. I'm Bo Nicholson.